Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. As always, we are coming to you from our home base in Elevation Hotel in Mount Crested Butte. My name is Luke Kappa. I am the managing editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we are doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. There you can read all of our latest reviews, listen to all of our latest podcasts, watch all of our latest videos, learn about our Blister Plus membership program, and a whole lot more. For today's episode, I sat down with Kristen Sinnott, Jonathan Ellsworth, Kara Williard, and Justin Bob to do a bit of a recap on our 2024 Blister Summit, which took place in Mount Crested Butte last week. We go over a few of the many highlights of the event and then discuss some of the standout products that each of us was able to test. Also, at the very end of the episode, we announced the dates of Blister Summit 2025, as well as some new aspects of the event that we'd like to bring to you next year. So be sure to stick around. Now, this episode of Gear 30 is presented by our Blister recommended shop, Sturtevance, which is now celebrating 75 years of being a specialty ski and bike shop in the Sun Valley, Idaho region. These days, they have multiple locations in Ketchum, Sun Valley, and Haley, Idaho, and they are our blister-recommended shop in that valley for many reasons. For starters, they offer a no-excuses boot fit guarantee backed by their staff of knowledgeable boot fitters. They also offer a great fleet of rental and demo skis and snowboards, and a whole lot of world-class products for getting outdoors. This matched with their passionate and knowledgeable staff will ensure that you are geared up and ready for your next adventure. They also have a full-service ski shop, including race-specific tuning services for the Sun Valley race community and beyond. Sturtevance is also home to Sun Valley Mountain Guides, so this summer you could pair your great gear with a knowledgeable guide to take you out on the amazing biking and hiking trails around Sun Valley. So be sure to stop by one of the Sturtevance locations next time you're in their area and tell them we sent you. With that, let's get to our Blister Summit 2024 gear recap. All right, well, we are recording this on Thursday, February 15th, and I am here with Kara Williard, Luke Kappa, Kristen Sinnott, and the strikingly handsome Justin Bob. Good to see all of you. And um, let's see. It's been a hell of a last, you know, seven days or two weeks or so. We pulled off an incredible summit. Then I think all of us basically just hit the floor exhausted Friday and Saturday. I don't know about you, but by, by Sunday, after I had turned down about a hundred invites to go to Super Bowl parties because I was like, I'm still not quite ready to actually talk to people. Um, so I was just going to basically just watch the game uh, in silence. Well, we then got news that we lost a dear friend and Blister team member in a backcountry skiing accident. So I don't know if you all weren't already sort of exhausted enough uh, exhausted, but kind of buzzing, you know, from a great summit. That was a fun sledgehammer to receive. And, um, you know, I think I can speak for all of us since I have spoken with all of you. Um, it has been an absolute kind of emotional spin cycle. Uh, 
since Sunday afternoon. And um, you know what? I'm like, well, that's fucking life, you know? Um, that mix of joy and pain and, you know, all kind of intertwined and coming at you. I'm like, yeah, actually, that is just sort of how it goes uh, to varying degrees. And I feel like all of us, certainly our whole team at Blister, we have experienced some incredible highs and some very deep lows in this last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, I'm glad to have had you guys around for the highs and the lows. And, uh, you know, but today, I think what we're going to do, we're going to keep it on the highs because that's what you have to do sometimes. And, um, you know, we are going to be talking a bit, uh, sort of doing a bit of a recap uh, of our Blister Summit, talking about some of the gear that we were on. And um, that's our work here today. How you like them apples? Everyone's just <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, here's here's to the highs, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> here's, here's to the highs. I will say, I I mentioned to 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 Luke and HQ yesterday. I think this is the most I've cried in a three day stretch, and I've learned that you know you see somebody else, you see another friend, it sort of starts up again. Turns out it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. And Luke, we were talking with Dylan and Dylan's like, yeah, I'm like tapped out. I'm out of tears. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. I, I frankly want to get to that point as quickly as possible because I'm kind of sick of this. And um, anyway, so that's that's my phrase for this. It's the emotional spin cycle. And um, we're, we're now turning this off because I think we're all ready to, um, to just focus on what truly was just another incredible time together. And I'm, you know, I'm so, first of all, I'm incredibly fucking proud of our team. I mean, J-Bob, among others, I think J-Bob slept about four and a half hours over five days. Once again, slept on my deck outside as it snowed most nights. And I was like, I, I kept thinking like, I hope I don't wake up to find J-Bob sort of a, you know, Jack Nicholson at the end of The um, Shining, um, just sitting there. I was like, but no, um, because J-Bob is tougher than that dude. And um, But we were keeping up J-Bob real late into the night. And then he was running out like early in the morning to go lead like uphill ski sessions. And so J-Bob, um, thank you. <laughs> I think I want to start there. No worries. And yeah, I, I do have to confess, I did do one night of couch time it mm. was only two hours <laughs> um it was the shortest night i think it was tuesday into wednesday but so it wasn't okay. an entire deck stay um, okay but it, it was lovely the time i did get on the deck what uh how was the couch i don't think i've the little couch in my living room it was the the closest couch i could find <laughs> it was that kind of state so yeah okay yeah fair enough fair enough well, Kristen, as our fearless Blister Summit director, why don't you share some thoughts or, I don't know, give a bit of an overview? What was your kind of takeaway from this summit? Well, it was our biggest and best one ever. We had more people um, than ever before. We we really grew the backcountry program. It was um, mm -hmm. phenomenal. We you know started people signing up early. I think that helped. We had Bag Bomb um, helping us put that on. So their support mm -hmm. was uh, 
very important uh, to make it happen. And we had over 150 people signed up for the backcountry program over the course of four days. Mm. And to top that off, we also mm-hmm. had uphills, um, the dawn patrol, like we like to call it, where J-Bob and a number of other people um, would meet up at 630, 645 in HQ and just go up to ski area, which was also great for never evers or just trying out gear. Um, and so in general, the just, yeah, moving uphill was very popular this year, but of course, Skiing on resort was wildly popular. The conditions were great. We had mm-hmm. amazing ski groups. We already have ideas on how to expand that and organize it next year, adding yep. different types of groups. So we're, we're excited about that. And and if um, you're listening to this and you were part of the summit, you will have received uh, an event feedback. And I've been reading those and it's been so interesting and wonderful to hear the feedback. Uh-huh. And one of them was like, you need to market this as a ski ride camp for adults because that's what it is. You get group meetups, you huh. make new friends, you go have apre with them, you demo a ton of great gear and the feedback as far as like the best experience or favorite moment of the summit was, you know, one was like, I got to ski in a small group with Luke Kappa. Definitely was a shout out, Luke. So, <laughs> and, you know, meeting yeah. Hoji and uh, just being on the mountain with different people and seeing a new mountain. Uh, so it was... It's really, it's really nice to see and hearing all the feedback. It was a super fun event and ending it with the blister awards for the first time was, was great. Jonathan, you did a great job with that and looking to expand that in the future. And one other thing that was mentioned in our write-up, which if you haven't, um, any listeners haven't read that yet, check it out was the karaoke, a new tradition. It was, <laughs> we didn't expect yeah. it to happen, um, but it it, nope. it did, and we don't want it to stop. It sure did. <laughs> so that's going to yeah. be something that we want to open up to everyone. And just, it, it was just a nice way to to end a great event. Um, it, yeah, it was finally yeah. that real exclamation point on top of this, the event. So I, I've already started like taking notes and made a doc like my potential karaoke songs because Sasha kept yeah. drawing me into songs. I'm like, I don't even know this song. I don't want to sing <laughs> this song. And that always happens to me at karaoke. So I'm going to go Jonathan style and just hunker down and find my song. So I really am quite proud to be. I was I was named. I guess just by Luke Jacobson uh, for a moment. I don't really know if a committee voted on this, but I apparently I did win the first ever Blister Summit karaoke party uh, with with what I'd like to think was an incredible rendition. I still don't really know the title of the song. It's Celine D. I call it the Titanic song. <laughs> my heart my, will go my on. My heart goes on or my heart will go on. And um, yeah, you know, the the crowd really... I had literally been waiting to do that song for like six years, six or seven years. And um, man, apparently it was worth the wait. And It was uh, beautiful. And I have video footage if anyone needs to see that. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, Kara, I actually would like to see it. I think somebody was like, hey, Taylor Ahern like got the whole video of it. So I think at some point we, well, I want to, watch it first before i say we release this public publicly i don't but, think um, you get a say in that just drink some scotch before you watch the video <laughs> your trophy okay. will be revoked if it's not shared oh but, okay but yeah okay. it'll be interesting to see your follow-up for next year because you held this for what six or seven years i had asked you many times yeah. and you refused to tell me the song you did yeah it's true i was like it's gonna be a surprise were you surprised I was Kristen? very surprised 
<laughs> was, <laughs> I think everybody in the room was exceptionally surprised by it. So that goes down, you know, in history, first ever winner of the Blister Summit karaoke party. But um, yeah, that and and shout out that really was, I think, kind of the collective work of the folks from Icelandic and Moment had been kind of planning that seed a bit, and then J J Bob kind of stepped up too. Because right behind all the karaoke singers was footage of like apocalypse snow. And I remember it was like, you know, whatever, you know, after midnight and whatever, Tyler curls up there belting out jukebox hero. Without a shirt on. And I'm looking at J-Bob <laughs> without a shirt on. And I'm looking at J-Bob and we've got like apocalypse snow in the background. And I'm just looking at him noddingly. And I'm like, this is this is it. This is right. We've We've brought all this weirdness together in a way that seems um, perfect, I think is the word yeah. I'm looking for. And just, so. and uh, Forefront was also involved in this. Uh, I want to shout out to them, mm. but there were attendees present. There were like, there was a yeah. good group, a wide variety, and it was just kind of naturally flowed into HQ. And again, we're going to be working to make it a little bigger scene. So we get more attendees mm-hmm. and folks in there. It's not, not an elite group by any means. It's yeah, it'll be, I mean, I I do like to think of myself as an elite uh, karaoke yeah. singer, but uh, other than that, I also thought it was so loud in there. I was like, this is the moment where we get like absolutely kicked out. Like Blister no longer is headquartered in Elevation Hotel. I need to go have some conversations with the with the the folks there, but uh, I was like, yeah, we're going to get shut down hard and I'm glad that didn't happen and I hope nobody from Elevation listens to this conversation that we're having right now. One one more thing I do want to say, we didn't talk a whole lot about the Blister Awards per se, and um that really that was that was pretty special I think for a lot of reasons. It was great to have so many of the winners present. I mean, we literally had Trevor Kennison fly in from Japan to be in Mount Crested Butte with us to receive along with Josh Berman, the level 1 director the award for our overall best film um, in snow sports. And man, it was so awesome having Trevor back and um, he's the best. And that was funny too. Trevor was like, dude, I've been hearing about the summit, but I had no fucking idea that it was this. He's like, I am 100% back here next year. And so, you know, anytime seeing like Trevor get real happy makes me real happy. And um, so yeah, Trevor, see you at the summit next year. But I, I look forward to, yeah, we're going to be sharing kind of video from, from the Blister Awards part. And for those of you who haven't yet checked out like our Blister Cinematic podcast, that's where a lot of the conversation about the Blister Awards, also revisiting a bunch of old films like The Great Apocalypse Snow, that's what we've got going on over there. And it was, it was fun to like talk to people at the summit who were like, I'd sort of seen Cinematic. I haven't really dove into it yet it's a good world to dive into so that's my plug for i guess blister cinematic but also what we got going on and what we're building on the blister awards side of things um let's talk about some gear j bob tell us about some of the stuff or interesting gear experiences you had at the summit i got on a few snowboards there's a lot there to choose from but I went back to Rosignol and found a board called a Revenant, which they've had in their line for a while, but they did some redesign and it's pretty similar to the Juggernaut that we just posted a review on. 
It's got a little softer tip and tail and it allows for more butters and all that. So I got on that for about half a day, loved it. Um, can't wait to try that one out a bit more. Um, I got reacquainted with Never Summer, which is a bit of a complicated brand. I rode some Never Summer boards in the early aughts back when I was a teenager and haven't been on them since, to be honest. And I got on, I'm like, wow, that's a Never Summer. That's the same feel. In those 20 years, they've developed a whole bunch of tech, a whole lot of complicated stuff going on, different camper profiles, different dampening systems, and they have a somewhat complicated line of so many different snowboards. What I like about a board I got on this year it was called the Cougar, and they have this triple camber profile, and they have kind of a variety of you know, rocker dominant versus camber dominant. And they haven't had a lot of camber dominant profiles, but the Cougar is triple camber, but it's camber dominant. So most of their boards were rockered. This one kind of brings back the traditional camber. So I gravitated towards that because I love camber and it was a pretty impressive ride. I'd also like to get on that a bit more. I got on another board that is kind of similar to the Juggernaut being a stiff freestyle twin, the Weston Hatchet which has a nice blunt nose, easy for grabs. And I feel like that board would be pretty excellent in powdery conditions when you're wanting to fly off of stuff and have good landings, but also probably an all-mountain cruiser board. It was a bit wider, so you could cut deep trenches without hitting your toes, without hitting your heel cups. So there's a lot of stuff I'm going to spend this week trying to unpack, figure out which direction to go, and would love some more time on some of those snowboards so it was great it was pretty cool by the way um talking with matt williams uh from never summer um incredible freaking rider but uh sort of both an athlete and uh somebody who also works on some of the back end stuff for never summer but it was pretty cool you know we're we're working to grow the snowboard side of the summit and we already have a number of additional commitments for next year's summit from snowboard companies. But it was pretty cool. Um, unprovoked, uh, I, I kind of was grabbing a pair of skis, saw Matt, was like, hey man, how's it going? He's like, dude, this is incredible. This is the best event we've ever been to. Now that's from a brand who's been around since 1991. And I thought that's a pretty, pretty solid um, thing to hear, you know, um, from them. And, you know, um, especially as we do grow this. And, you know, Kristen and I heard uh, from someone else at Never Summer uh, yesterday, and they just said, it is so refreshing to go to, a, to an event and be in kind of a community where people really care about the details of this stuff. And I... I don't have the email in front of me, but to paraphrase, it was something like, it's not just a bunch of like internet influencers telling people what board to get on and they should buy. And um, so it was really fun to start hearing and getting more feedback like that from snowboard companies. And um, yeah, look forward to growing that side of the summit in a significant way. So yeah, there's that. All right, Kara, your turn. Um, tell us about some stuff you got on at the summit. Yeah, well, it was 
an excellent summit for me just because I got to ski a lot more this year. And looking back, I got on a lot of awesome products through the duration. Um, I think the first I'll mention is the new Dinastar M Pro 98W. And that replaces what was their women's E Pro 99. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the old ski. They also only made it into a 170 centimeter. And so it felt a little short for me, but this new M Pro 98W, they had up to a 178 uh, centimeter to demo here at the summit. And I was really impressed by it. Um, it's still very much like a very strong, damp ski, but I felt like they made the shovel a bit more precise and engaging. Um, the tail is still very supportive and powerful, which is what I found in the last version too, but it is a little bit looser as well. Um, and I just got to ski that ski like when conditions were still pretty firm and a little cruddy. And it really impressed me um, just as like a pretty nice ski as far as the improvements maybe to like the overall flex pattern. And uh, it was nice to be able to also ski it in a length that felt appropriate for me. So that's one that definitely stands out. Lucas, how about you? Uh, like Kara, I got to ski uh, a good amount at this year's summit. So that was a big plus. Um, I also want to preface this with saying I am currently recording next to what sounds like an active construction site. Uh, my bathroom is apparently being demolished or something. <laughs> I don't know. So if you hear knocking, that's what's going on about 10 feet behind me. Apologies. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I uh, I know Dylan also skied the new M-Pro 100 Ti, which is the, the men's or unisex equivalent to that ski. And by the time this is published, we'll have a post on our site with all the details of Dina Star's new line. Um, I quick note, I skied the new Dina Star M3 108. It's more, much more of a subtle update than the M pro series. Uh, mostly they, they added their new hybrid core 2.0, uh, and most notably added a 185 centimeter length to break up. So it's not these huge 10 centimeter gaps anymore. Good news is it felt it reminded me a lot of the old 192. Maybe feels a bit more precise, but very much similar overall feel. So I'm very much looking forward to getting more time on that ski. Uh, but the I think the first ski that really stood out to me was the new Rossignol Sender Soul 102. Um, the first day it was nice and bluebird. Um, I skied a lot of kind of flatter tailed directional skis, not totally up my alley, but I enjoyed them. But the next day, as the storm system rolled in, because apparently it always snows at the summit, um, it was like real low vis conditions. I was not feeling on my A game. And I think I was about to go out with Jonathan and Cody Townsend. I never skied with Cody up to that point. And I mostly just wanted something like easy and intuitive. And I walked over to the Rossi tent. I was like, what are you? Yeah, that's that one says soul on it and i didn't put it together that it's uh it's kind of harkening back to the soul seven even though it looks and feels nothing like the soul seven but i was like that sounds kind of perfect um so i got on the 180 centimeter version and it was yeah pretty much just what i wanted it was very easy in tight low vis moguls when i was frequently running into moguls that i couldn't see um very nimble notably more forgiving and easier to pivot around than the the Rossi Sender 104 Ti and 106 Ti. I think it, it is probably a good call on their part because while 
The other senders are at least fairly agile from a swing weight perspective. They still got pretty strong, pretty flat, minimally tapered tails that I I wouldn't recommend to it them to a ton of like beginner and intermediate skiers whereas that sender sole feels like it kind of fills the gap that's been left in their line since they discontinued the sole seven um i it's definitely not a super stable ski but for that day it was pretty ideal and i'm curious to see what i think when i get it in kind of good visibility conditions where i'm gonna be skiing harder um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun, fun surprise and, uh, a good ski that, I mean, got plenty of jokes thrown around that I was taking out the dad's ski, but it was perfect for what I was doing that day. One of the things that I really appreciate about the summit is we are all kind of pinging around and going to ski with different groups. And, you know, I, I think we probably do talk a whole lot at Blister about the top end of certain skis and boards. And one of the things I'm still really proud of about the summit is that, you know, we do have a lot of people come who are lower intermediates, you know, um, sometimes people that have maybe skied a handful of days in their entire life. And so I do think that it is a good reminder for all of us that not every product needs to like have this huge top end stability, right? Like it just doesn't. And I think I'd like to think that we do a good job in our reviews, sort of making that clear. And we will still talk about the top end, but I think it's totally fine and appropriate. You know, and you get in certain groups with people and they're having a ball, but they're just skiing a bit slower or more conservatively. And that's fine. And there needs to be gear that works for those people, because frankly, that's a whole bunch of people, you know. And so I don't know. I think sometimes somebody listening to this might hear you, Luke, be like, well, it maybe didn't have the biggest top end in the world. And like, that's okay. If you need that top end. There's a bunch of other product out there, but for most people, they actually probably don't care and shouldn't be concerned about that, right? Yeah, and there's also like different skiing styles. Like I, mm. in tight bumps and stuff, I like to make a lot of turns. I like to try and catch like little bits of air, gap moguls, and I don't want a super damp, heavy, stable ski if I'm going to be trying to ski like that. And so like. Yeah, in in tighter terrain, I was skiing just as aggressively, if not more aggressively than I would on a more stable ski because I knew I could make some mistakes, get a little sloppy and still be able to recover as well. Kristen, your turn. (laughs) It's a good transition because I'm that person that doesn't need a top end. Um, And I sometimes if I ski some of those skis, I'll just go down a size, um, which was which was nice about the summit. Um, Like typically we have 170 plus length skis and I'll try to get on them and I'll have a completely different, you know, take on them than Kara will. And at the summit, I was able to get on some smaller or shorter skis. For example, I got on Icelandic Maiden 108 and I got on the 169 um, near the end of the summit and it performed completely differently than what the 176 that we have in HQ. 
So it was nice to get that comparison. And I think the 169 is way more my size. Um, and it was much more maneuverable and I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, one other thing to say is I, so I didn't get to ski. I, I skied every day, but I didn't ski all hours of the day. Right. I was still trying to organize the summit and keep things rolling, but I got on over 20 different products at the summit, which wow. that's the most I've ever wow. done. and it wasn't just skis. I was on, you know, I did get in the backcountry tour. So I had some like Weston had complete demo sets of, you know, their skis and they had their collapsible poles. Um, I tried raid packs. I tried zip fit liners. I tried ski boots, goggles, sunglasses, hmm. jackets, base or mid layers. Like there was so many products. And when I was starting to tally, I'm like, Holy cow. Like I, that was a lot of products and hmm. it, it felt good. It didn't feel rushed. Um, so I'm sure there's other people out there that got on even more. So it's just the diversity of the products we had this year was pretty phenomenal. What, one of my favorite products from the, from the summit is I am, I'm a Solomon boot girl. Like I had been skiing Solomon boots for a while and I, I'm a big fan of, I can stick my foot in a boot and just go ski it. And so Solomon had their new S pro race 110, and it's a, it's a narrow last it's, uh, 96 is what it's stated, but I assume at the 24.5, it might be even narrower than that. Uh, do you know, Luke? Or Yeah, 96 uh, millimeters for the 26.5, so narrower as you go, smaller sizes. Yeah, so I mean, it it felt snug, and um, it I, I just love the flex of it. It felt so good. Um, at the 110, I'd been in a 115 previously, and it was just really nice to have a little bit more that I could flex into the boot. And I, I enjoyed those. So I, I'll be doing um, a long-term test on those, but that, that was kind of, I, that made me smile a lot, just getting my foot in there and getting the ski on that one. All right. Well, Jay, Bob, I think you have to actually peel off here in a sec. Um, before we let you go, any final words, closing thoughts, by the way, I'm really sorry that I forgot to tell you about, all the burritos that my girlfriend made and left in the refrigerator. I forgot to tell everybody that until the last day. She made like 30 very good breakfast burritos and it was pretty busy and I just forgot to tell everyone. So apologies, but they were really good, I assure you. Did you already eat all of them? <laughs> I've been eating two a day <laughs> since the start of since the since the start of the summit. So we're we're getting down to the end. Yep. Never found the burritos and regretfully never uh got that espresso machine dialed in. I didn't I want to wake anyone up at six in the morning when I was leaving. So well, I'll have to come back up and try that espresso machine out a bit more. Um, yeah, that was a great time. I also among snowboarding got on some tele skis from Bishop, which was oh. a highlight. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, my legs were pretty smoked. I don't know which day I did that, but it was, uh, Pretty fun, but maybe a bit of a mistake because my legs got a little smoked. I'm lucky I didn't get hurt. I was trying to keep up with folks going a lot faster on you, skis. You crushed it, J-Bob, um, for the record. You looked really good on him. It was pretty... He did. Pretty it hilarious. was shockingly good. <laughs> like, way better than you looked in that crash course, Jonathan. <laughs> well, yeah, I, know. I mean, that's hard to imagine. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun to see the the Bishop Telemark guys yeah. there. They were super fun, keeping the... The vibes high. A lot of uphillers at the summit, and that was another mm. highlight. Um, last year, we didn't really get a chance to do the Dawn Patrol thing because it was snowing so much, yep. so the mountain was yep. canceling it. But I think the first day we had 
12 people. Second day, I want to say it was around 30 people. And there were even wow. a few different groups that started at different times. So we're cruising, going up the hill. And then all of a sudden, Hoji cruises past. And he's like, helps a, a gal with her like binding to get it all situated. And he just keeps on moving up the hill. And then Davide from La Sportiva comes cruising in like his 700 gram boot or whatever that thing weighs. Going much faster than everybody else. <laughs> <clears throat> True schemo style. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of good highlights. And like Kristen said, there's a lot more than just skis and boots and snowboards. Um, I had a great time talking with Kyle from Raid about the backpack. He's got two products. He's got plans for more, but it was really fun to talk with him. And a lot of questions came up, a lot of different ideas. And he's heard it all and has really good responses for input and feedback. And I'm excited to see what is next for raid and what he's thinking so a lot of pretty fun features that haven't been used in backpacks yet so that's a highlight i want to follow up with him more and hopefully we'll get him back at the summit again well hey man i know you got to go we'll let you bounce but you and i we got we're scheduled to talk later this afternoon or tonight and we have to pin down when you're coming back to crested butte for the snowboard my my snow my first snowboard turns. Yes, we've got to schedule that. Okay, so we'll we'll work on that this afternoon. Okay, all right. Thanks, uh, J Bob. Bye, everyone. Bye, J Bob. That was Hi. fun. Thanks again. <laughs> um, all right. I think it's my turn. Uh, I want to tell a bit of a story because as I I was I don't know I was being a little bit coy about this in advance of the summit. Um, cause I didn't love announcing that I had not skied for literally six weeks prior to the summit. Um, but because I had this broken, stupid broken arm and all that jazz. And, um, you know, I was like, well, I'm skiing the summit. I don't care if the arm's healed or not. If it's not healed, I will almost certainly have to go have surgery after the summit on the arm. Well, I ended up getting an x-ray like two days before the summit. Good news. The fracture had healed. I had no restrictions, was good to go. Now, the only thing is the summit's coming and that means Cody Townsend is here and Angel Collinson and Elise Sogstad and Drew Peterson and Hoji. We got a bunch of pros rolling into town and I haven't skied in six weeks. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I I have a break that long and I, I start thinking like, I sure kind of hope I remember how to ski, you know? And so day one of the summit, um, I get a text from Sasha and Sasha's like, hey, you and I are scheduled to lead an intermediate ski group and at 10 a.m. And I'm like, that sounds perfect. My first turns back on snow. I'll try to remember how to ski. So, you know, I get over to HQ and I'm like, all right, I, I'm not sure I remember how to ski. So I want like an easygoing ski, predictable, kind of like a little bit like Luke was describing earlier. But I was like, I just want something easy, intuitive, predictable to go, you know, make my first turns on. And I was like, you know what ski comes to mind that fits the bill? The Solomon Stance 96. So I grabbed that ski and it's like, yeah, intermediate group. We're just going to be like nice, easy, you know, probably start groomer lap first get into maybe some mellow moguls. Stance 96, perfect for that. Well, I show up at all the tents. I see Sasha and she's like, 
okay, well, uh, change of plans. We're not going with an intermediate group. We're going with an advanced group. I'm like, okay, well, we're going with an advanced group. No problem. So we ride up the chairlift and um, I get to the top of the Silver Queen. And who do I see standing there but our patron saint of gear 30, Hoji, who I had not yet seen at the summit. And he's like, Jonathan. And we do this big hug and he's like, where are we skiing? And I was like, shit. Um, Because again, I hadn't skied in six weeks. And so Hoji and I ride the T-bar up to the top of the head wall. And rather than kicking off the summit with an intermediate group of skiers, it's like me, Hoji, and a bunch of people who are like chomping at the bit and ready to go. And um, so, yeah, my first my first turns were down the head wall and um, and it went OK. And I have to say, um, you know, we talked a lot about the, the Stance 96, but damn, that ski really did fit the bill like. God, I felt first turns really comfortable right away and felt like really shockingly solid right from the jump. Like, you know, I'm fucking Hoji's watching. So, of course, you're like trying to ski pretty hard and fast and well. And um, we dropped um, Powder 8 Gully um, for the first labs. It was nice and chalky in there. And I was like, it felt game on from the very first turns, which I am very happy to report that that was true. And um, so I spent that first day actually um, just on the, the stance 96 and everyone was like, dude, you're like, man, good skiing. I thought you, they'd heard me maybe say like, I, I hope I remember how to ski. And um, that was nice. That's a good way to kick things off. Cause I, I imagined it going pretty differently, you know? So that's mine. I have to Kristen. say, I, um, I got on the Solomon stance 94 cause I'd been on some skis that they were, they were fine, but they weren't my favorite. And I going from last summit, they were some of my favorite, like I am getting on those and I'm going to have some good turns and it's going to be super fun and skied head wall, sylvanite, all sorts of stuff. And it's just like, so happy on those two. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, a it was a far better day one back on skis than I really I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is about the whole like I hope I remember how to ski, but um uh anyway, it 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 worked out. It was a very good day one. Luke, back to you. Um well, first I want to shout out uh one of the early skis I got on was an O3P Woodsman 100, uh which I hadn't hmm. skied in O3P in quite some time. And was talking to those guys and they, they put in a lot of effort to to get to the summit this year. They built like yeah. most of their demo skis. They said they had built at the factory like a week or two before. Unfortunately, some of them had some uh, tune issues that I think mm-hmm. it, was, it was very clear that like I really got along with that ski, especially in like softer and chalkier snow. It was just on the firm storm. I'm like, yeah, this just needs a new new uh, edge bevel setup. But um, yeah, it was psyched to get back on that. It reminded me of the old Woodsman 108 that we skied, but the 100 mm. felt like a better ski for me in kind of like average everyday Crested Butte conditions. Uh, and then another highlight was the last afternoon of the summit. I mean, first off, that day was ridiculous in terms of conditions. <laughs> like it yeah. snowed. I think it, they reported like four or five inches overnight. But it came in a little windy, so certain zones it felt closer mm-hmm. to ten or almost a foot of snow. Um, 
first lap, I called Taylor because it also went bluebird for like an hour and a half first thing in the morning. And we don't get bluebird powders <laughs> all that often. So I was like, Taylor, you should probably grab your camera and we can knock out a few photo laps before I do go meet up with the group. We happened to run into Garai Dadali uh, on that lap mm. up to Paradise Cliffs. You had a really mm. good lap on that. Uh, and then over into Horseshoe, got some sweet photos. And then uh, I'd been trying that day to get on the new Solomon QSTX, which is their new 116 millimeter wide POW ski, pretty lightweight build, touring friendly. Uh, but it was a very popular ski that day. So a lot yeah. of attendees were out on it. And then the end of the afternoon, um, met up with one of our video guys, Jake, to get some on mountain footage and got the QSTX. So I'm like, I mean, it's like two o'clock on a resort pow day. Like this lightweight fat ski is probably not the best, but mostly I was just really impressed by how not out of place it felt it's it's not a charger by any means but it handled like soft chop and like soft choppy moguls with a firm base really well for what it is i think it they say it weighs 1900 grams per ski for the 184 centimeter that i was on super surfy and loose and nimble which i really liked um and mostly i'm like it i suspect it's going to be a really really sweet backcountry pow ski especially for a place like this where I, where if i'm skiing pow in the backcountry it's usually tighter terrain lower angle where maneuverability is key but i think it like that first afternoon definitely made it clear that it's like also can work in the resort probably a great 50 50 option especially uh mounted with the new shift 2 binding which is what i skied it with no issues whatsoever during that one afternoon but looking forward to spending more time on them but i think it's it's nice for Solomon to have a wider ski again and a kind of touring friendly ski because the QSD blank 112 underfoot, very good pow ski, but very good resort pow ski in my mind. It's built pretty heavy, pretty stable. Uh, but I'm, yeah, very, very excited to spend more time on that QSTX. Kara? Yeah, well, I think uh, kind of following up on the thread that we were just talking about as far as like predictable and intuitive skis go. And I think it's nice when we're at the summit and I mean, it's one thing when we're doing our personal testing midweek with blister and like we go up to the top of headwall and I realize like I'm struggling with a ski and then like Luke and Dylan have to watch me like barely make a turn down and it's a long run down. But then at the summit, it's a whole nother thing when you have like a group of, you know, 10, 20 people with you and you just don't want to like have a hard time. Um, so I'm just going to mention a couple other skis that I hopped on and that felt instantly intuitive and just like kind of a good recommendation for a wide range of people. And that would be um, the Solomon QST 98. The women's equivalent is the Lumen 98. And I think that's another great well-rounded option, like for being a little bit on the lighter side, um, still pretty stable and versatile. Um, I also had a good time on the Zag Slap 92. That's a really nimble ski and it impressed me on piece like it was really good carver which kind of i was surprised by it's a pretty lightweight ski and i was actually skiing it relatively short in a 172 centimeter and um yeah i think i mean also on that thread was the slap 112 which i spent time on the last day when there was as luke just mentioned some variable conditions and um it's just nice to have those skis that are like pretty nimble and quick but also offer like a nice supportive base when you hit the firm patches and you don't want to like be on a really, uh, you know, kind of chattery ski. 
Um, so yeah, those are all skis. I think there were highlights. And then just uh, what Kristen mentioned with the Maiden, um, the new Icelandic Maiden 102 and 108. That's a ski that I've been spending some time on. Another good option um, just can recommend to a lot of people. But I will say I've actually been messing with the Mount Point a bit. And by um, going back two centimeters from the recommended, it's a lot more intuitive to me as a directional skier. Um, but those are all skis that felt like good off the bat. And I was able to take out with groups of people and not feel um, like I was having to adjust or do something weird um, just to get down the mountain. Kristen, your turn. So I want to mention uh, a different product that we had at the summit this year um, that was wildly popular, uh, Carve. So we've been, our team has been testing it for the past few months and I found it very fun and uh, found some great tips on it. but. I mean, they came and they came heavy. They brought over 40 units in uh, the full size range. They had a TV, they had leaderboards, they had a lot going on. And it was, it was really cool to see. People were pumped on it. Um, they were getting tips. I think Hoji took it out. Um, a couple of the athletes. He, he took, by the way, he told me, he came up, he was like, dude, I just had a freaking blast on a groomer. Yeah. Yeah. He was I, I like unsolicited. He just came up and he was like, he also was like, I think Alex from Carve got some sick photos of me. You should like track those down. I was like, okay, Hoji. Yeah. So uh, by the way, uh, Kristen, Alex apparently has some sick photos of Hoji. So uh, you should, you should probably track those I, down. I'll work on that. I'll, I think I have an email from Greg. So I'll ask him about it. Um, okay. Yeah, it was just seeing the excitement in it. And again, it's, it's something that, you have fun on a groomer. I mean, they, they work, um, off piece too, but yeah, they, <laughs> my friends were telling me some of the aspects that I haven't tried all the different modes of it, but that you can put headphones in and it'll be, it's like a video game. So, um, it was, it was very impressive. And I, I know a number of people made a purchase because of it and you can compare to other people on your mountain, kind of Strava esque, I guess without, I don't think you have to show your name or anything, but yeah. So anyway, shout out to carve for coming in and uh, they've already told me they're coming back next year, which I'm super excited about. Well, one more product I want to talk a little bit about is um, I spent a day on the Moment Commander 92. And Luke, I don't know that you and I, we talked maybe like for 10 seconds about that, but um, how much time have you got so far on the 92? I, I had a very brief afternoon on the 92 and about okay. I think one maybe two days on the 102, which we, yeah, we have our review pairs in addition to the summit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it was interesting. Um, it was kind of funny. Like I, uh, my first ski that I mentioned, the stance 96, I, I, at least for me, I describe as just a very easy predict, like wonderful, wonderfully predictable, intuitive ski. And like, you're definitely taking a step up going to that commander 92 that is a more game on ski and um i did not think that it was a difficult ski to ski but it does require a lot more like physical input than something like a stance 96 and that's maybe a subtle distinction right but um it's one we make sometimes where it's like you just a stronger skier, not not even so much stronger technique, like a physically stronger skier is going to get along well with that Commander 92. But if you've got 
some of that strength to bring to that ski. It actually felt like nicely easy to ski. But again, we're, we, we are up a level, much higher top end, big top end stability. But I, I never found it like, ah, I'm getting, you know, I'm a bit back seat and now I'm screwed on this ski or like its tails weren't knifing in or cutting under, you know, um, cutting sort of slicing into moguls as opposed to like riding over them. And um, credit where credit's due. Well, actually not first credit where credit is due because I want to kill him for this first. Tyler Curl. We've been having this ongoing fight that between Tyler Curl, Luke Jacobson at Moment and me, where Tyler had been talking this game about how the Moment Countach 110 is more ski than the Rosignol Sender Free 110. And I was like, no, Tyler, you're 100% wrong about that. And then Luke is like mediating this. And Luke's like, no, Tyler says he's right. And I was like, he's 100% wrong. Well, at the summit, Tyler came up to me and was like, I was definitely wrong. The Countach is an easier ski than the 191. The 188 Countach 110 is an easier ski than the Sender, Rozzy Sender Free 110 in a 191. And I was like, I know, Tyler, which is why I pushed back about this for months. But I appreciate you acknowledging the error of your ways. Okay, I needed to say that. I needed that to be on tape. Tyler did say a very smart thing about the Commander 92. He said, if anybody that remembers the old, uh, the old Moment M1 or the Garbones, that was a very game on ski where you did not want to get back seat on it. It would punish you hard. And Tyler said something about, he's like, I think the commander is bringing the kind of top end stability of that Garbones, but without the punishing kick your ass part of it. And I was like, that seems pretty damn accurate. So, um, so it's I, mostly my point here is sometimes Tyler can be wildly wrong and sometimes he can be pretty correct. So, um, but I, I think that's going to be an interesting ski. Um, not one that I think a ton of the, like a million people ought to go purchase, but for the right people, I think that. Commander 92 is going to be a pretty interesting ski, and I have yet to ski the 102. Um, so anyway. Yeah, I think once you get on the 102, the Garbones M1 comparison is going to make more sense. Um, I didn't ski those skis, but the 102 feels like a substantial ski, even in a 182. Bump up. And the 92 is yeah. definitely, yeah, more accessible. Um, I'm looking very much looking forward to spending more time on it. I think those new commanders uh, feel kind of that directional, more precise void in moments line uh, very well. There's, they're now much more differentiated from their more tail rockered Wildcat, Deathwish, Countach series. Um, had a very interesting conversation with Luke Jacobson at the summit that we uh, will post a video about in the future, um, kind of about the backstory of, on those skis. But yeah, looking forward to spending more time on them. Well, folks, I think we should start to bring this conversation to a close. Um, I mean, one thing to be clear, there were a ton of brands at the summit. This was not supposed to be some like comprehensive overview of everything. And um, 
we have a ton of skis that were available for demo at the summit that we now have in blister headquarters to do what we do our long-term reviews on this stuff and um yeah there's going to be a whole lot of that happening for the rest of this winter yeah we also had many skis at the summit that everyone got to test and take out but we can't as a media publication can't actually talk about them yet oh, yeah. um so oh, yeah. we will have yeah much more to say about those skis and uh yeah the ones we're getting in for long-term review as well Kara, any closing thoughts? No, it was just such a good time with you all. And Kristen, you were amazing. Our Blister Summit mm. director. Good job. You completely mm-hmm. crushed it. And yeah, I, you know, it's really good to think after everything we've been through as a team this week, it's really good to think back on those highlight moments and yeah, just feel the good community we have with Blister. So thank you. Kristen, you get the final word. Well, the, the team was incredible. Um, from start to finish, it was such a great event because everybody pitched in and worked so hard for it. So thank you, everyone. Um, that was so yeah. great. I still need to see the uh, the team photos. I thought it was very funny that right after the Blister Awards, we all took a bunch of photos oh, and yeah. Taylor literally maxed out his SD card, which I think he, he runs huh. like 128 gigabyte SD card. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was like the final, final, final photos. <laughs> but I've yeah, seen, I haven't seen them yeah. quite yet. I've seen photos of the people taking a photo of us doing the funny photo shoot. That's it. So Taylor, Taylor's been, um, yeah, he's going to get those edited soon. The attendee photos are up. Um, so I shared that in the feedback survey. So if you haven't opened that, make sure you do. There's also information, uh, to do community reviews and get those in and enter to win the sweet prize. Um, if you enter some community reviews. So just a FYI, if you were at the summit, check out that email. If you didn't get it, send me an email and I'll shoot it your way. Um, and I guess the only other thing really to say is first to hear it, uh, we're announcing our date. So we've, yeah. we've talked to brands, the hotel, um, and a variety of other folks and we're, we're launching it. We're pushing it back a little, um, going to be february 23rd is the start date it'll be february 23rd with the last day february 27th oh, so shoot, busy that week <laughs> <laughs> sorry luke <laughs> you're gonna have to cancel sorry, your luke. other engagement <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah february 23rd through the 27th 2025 in mount crested butte so mark it on your calendars we'll be putting out information um and we'll launch registration uh probably within a month so Get ready. It's coming. Bigger let's and better. do it again. So yeah. Let's do it again. So one more time. So February 23rd, that's a Sunday. And so that's for the most part, that's when everybody, that's the travel day. People are coming into Mount Crested Butte. And then we'll kick off our registration around 3 30 PM, welcome session around 4 PM, do one panel that night, and then we'll go four days on snow, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then that Thursday night, uh, Blister Awards, and then a very late night karaoke party to uh, to put the strong exclamation point on Blister Summit 2025. I can't believe we're already talking yeah. and about I, it. I, I'm just going to say that, uh, Mayor, do you want to factor in a nap, as Luke has indicated, on that last day so he can make it to karaoke? Because mm. somebody did not mm. make it. Um, <laughs> 
don't, don't want to name, name any names, but um, yeah, let's we just say yeah. we won't name to a few dozen videos of <laughs> yeah, and like iPhone audio of any singing is terrible, but <laughs> karaoke, oh, it was special. <laughs> yeah, it was probably just the video because it was all very, very good. Yeah, it must, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, we were room, yeah, super, yeah. super pro. All right. Well, listen, thanks to all of you and thanks to everyone listening to this who was with us at the summit. We're going to run it back next year. And the goal is always, you know, to do it better than ever. And, uh, you know, again, this, this absolutely is a community event. And so, yeah, our team was phenomenal, but we have so many just fantastic people showing up at the summit and we very much appreciate you. And, um, it's a really unique thing we got going on like in the global snow sports world. That is a statement of fact. And um grateful for everybody who's been a part of these, you know, played some part or attended one of the first four or so those of you who've been at all of them. It's a great thing and we look forward to just keeping this thing going. So, thanks to all of you listening, thanks to those of you who were there, and last but not least, thanks to Luke, Kristen, Kara, and Jay Bob. So we'll talk to you all again real soon. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks. With that, I will close out this episode of Gear 30. Thank you to Kristen, Jonathan, Kara, and J-Bob for the conversation. Another thank you to J-Bob for producing this episode. Thanks to everyone who joined us last week at the Blister Summit and helped make it such a great event. And thank you all for listening. At this point, I always like to repeat one of Jonathan's signature closing lines because it's a very good one and it's something that's been going through my head a lot this week. So as he always says, please take good care of yourselves. Please do the same for everyone else. Tell your friends you love them and we will talk to you again next week.